Thank you, Emma and Megan. Yeah, let's give them a hand. Well, hello, everyone. My name's Eric Henderson. I'm the lead pastor here at Bethany Green Lake. Uh, welcome again. Thank you for joining us. We've had a wild few days uh, in our city. Uh, maybe if you missed it, if you were asleep, there was some ice. The country is laughing at us as they always do, but they did not see this, the slipperiness of this particular ice. So I'm really glad that we all made it tonight, that we didn't have hard decisions to make about our gathering. Uh, really grateful to have you here with us. Uh, I saw a thing on Instagram the other day, this uh, church creative pastor that I follow asked people uh, on social media, what's the cringiest thing that your church does uh, at Christmas time? And so I was like, well, I should probably get some ideas of what not to do. Let me show you a few uh, of these. Uh, so uh, it's always promoted as a candlelight service, even though there is no candles. Uh, I feel for the churches that are meeting in schools and auditoriums where there's like no fire allowed. So we have real candles, thankfully. Uh, Blue Christmas sung by an Elvis-obsessed worship leader. Uh, people complain every year. That's, my, that's one of my favorites. And then I don't know, can you see? Oh, yeah. Our pastor gets really graphic about childbirth. <laughs> Fallopian tubes are always mentioned. Uh, so we're not going to do any of that uh, tonight, thankfully. We have real candles. Uh, but before we get there, uh, we've been focusing our messages this Advent season uh, on Jesus' family tree. Uh, in particular, the, the five women listed in Matthew's genealogy, found in Matthew chapter one, it's listed there on our banner if you have really good eyesight. Uh, these women were Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and of course, Jesus' mother, Mary. And each of these women experienced incredibly difficult circumstances, oppression, exploitation, violence. But these women had the courage, strength, wisdom, and even the cunning to rise above their circumstances, each taking their place in the family line that would lead to Jesus, who we celebrate today. And the responses of these women to their circumstances, they're remarkable. They said yes. They said yes to faith and better futures in the midst of great struggles. And that yes that they said is what I'd like for us to consider for a few minutes before we light candles. And I want us to do this because while none of us chooses the family we're born into or the particular circumstances and challenges, opportunities that our lives present to us, each of us can choose how we respond to those circumstances. And Jesus' mother Mary had the high honor and the heavy weight of carrying Emmanuel and said yes, despite her fears and her questions. Mary models two movements for anyone wanting to say yes to Jesus. The movement from worry to wonder and the movement from how to hope. I wonder when was the last time you said yes to something uh, that you were unsure about? Maybe it was today. Maybe yesterday, driving on the ice. Uh, I recently said yes to coaching second grade boys basketball. Uh, we wanted to get my son Lewis on a team with friends and we discovered that the way to do that is to sign up as a coach and kind of build a team. So I agreed to this in principle and then my wife actually signed me up. Uh, and so I, I was nervous, but I was also uh, cautiously optimistic. I could just see Coach Eric, you know, in lights. Uh, Pastor Phil even gave me a whistle, so I was covered there. But I said yes. And at our first 
a, a practice a few weeks ago, seeing the boys' confidence, many of whom had never played basketball on a team, and some of them, I'm, I think maybe they have never actually played basketball before, uh, but they just showed up and tried it. And their confidence to do that gave me confidence uh, to continue. It's organized chaos, but what we lack in skill, we make up for in enthusiasm. I don't know what you're being invited to in your life right now. Maybe it's coaching or, or maybe it's using a gift that you have to serve in the community. Maybe it's a hard thing. Maybe it's a, a life-threatening diagnosis, the loss of a loved one or, or a job or difficult family dynamics that you're navigating this holiday season. Maybe it's something exciting, a, a, a new relationship, a, a new job, a dream being fulfilled, all of which come for the need, with the need for courage and determination. The reality is that we all have things in our lives that challenge us. And most of the time, those things are beyond our control. But how we respond to them is a choice that we can make. And Mary, Jesus' mother, she knew this well. She was a, a Jewish teenager, likely 13 years old, in a much different culture than our own. She was pledged to be married uh, when an angel tells her that she's going to give birth to the Savior of the world. Now imagine your response. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna what? With who? Right? And we just read the story, so, so you know how it goes, but here's what I wanna see us to see. That Mary receives this news with a, a wisdom and a maturity that's beyond her years. And she says yes to Jesus by moving from worry to wonder. It's right there in, in verse uh, 29 of chapter one of Luke. It says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of, greeting this might be. And she moves from worry to wonder by pausing and pondering. And she doesn't just do this here. Uh, there's two other places Jesus' mother Mary does this recorded in the scriptures. She wonders and ponders when the shepherds come and worship baby Jesus in Luke 2. And then again later when Jesus gets lost in the temple and is found teaching the teachers. The word says Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. Things happen to Mary like they happen to many of us. Confusing things, worrying things, special things. And she pauses and she ponders. Mary has the capacity to hold these large and potentially frightening things in her heart. She doesn't want to dismiss her trials or run from them. Rather, she wants to understand them. And Mary displays this delightful innocence and brings curiosity to her circumstances. So she ponders and even treasures these unexpected things. And her wonder is bigger than just questions. The wonder Mary models is of the deepest kind, this divine mystery, an invitation to imagination, to creativity, to awe, to inspiration, to possibility. It's a how is God going to show up in this place kind of wonder. Where might you need to move from worry to wonder this Christmas? From oh no, or man, this is gonna be terrible, or woe is me. Or how is this gonna work? How is God gonna meet me in this circumstance? Moving from worry to wonder by pausing and pondering the circumstances of our lives allows us to receive revelation and then respond to it. And this brings us to the second thing I want us to consider for a moment. That Mary is able to say yes to Jesus by moving from the question how to real hope. Let's look at Luke 1.34. Mary says, as we read, how will this be since I am a virgin? She receives this, this revelation that the Messiah is going to come through her womb and she simply asks, 
How's that gonna work? I, I don't know if they had sex ed classes back then, but by 13, I think Mary had figured out how babies are made. And so just right there with the angel, she asked really her very practical question as if to say, okay, angel, I'm tracking with you. Messiah is coming through me, but how? And the angel tells her that the Holy Spirit is going to make her pregnant, which might create in you and I a whole list of of other questions. But the angel goes on to remind her, as we read, that no word from God will ever fail. Revelation. What What a truth told to Mary in that statement. No word from God will ever fail. A truth so true that if you and I truly believed it, it would change the trajectory of our lives. And for Mary, it does. And so she responds by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary moves from how to hope by responding to revelation. And I think she paused and pondered again because she writes a song called Mary's Song, or many know it as the Magnificat. Listen, listen to her words. This is the poetry of a, of a teenage girl. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. And he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. See, Mary knew the scriptures. She knew the stories of God's faithfulness and chose to believe that if God came through then, God was gonna come through again now. Considering God's track record leads Mary from how to a confident hope, giving her the courage to trust God with her life. And this leads her to say yes to Jesus. Now, I don't think Mary wants us to leave tonight thinking how great she is, but rather how great God is. 13 times, if you count in her song, she points to what God has done and gives God glory. And this is the life that we're invited to, to pause and ponder to respond to revelation, moving from worry to wonder and how to hope. And like Jesus, Mary doesn't want us to leave tonight with a to-do list. We're heading toward the new year when we start to think of all the different ways that we're gonna kind of make ourselves better. But rather, Mary and Jesus are inviting us to simply receive, to, to open our hands. Good gifts are all around us. And this wonder and hope that Mary models for us invites us to simply open our hands and receive. So we can look at this genealogy, this this family tree, and see a bunch of hard-to-pronounce names. Or we can look closer and see God writing a story of redemption for the whole world, even in your life, from this family to all families. You know, I sometimes think that the gospel is, is, is lost. The good news is lost a bit at Christmas, ironically, in all the lights and, and decorations and presents and parties. 
but it should speak the loudest to us in this season because this is when all the sin and darkness and brokenness and need in the world finds a savior in a baby boy born, God with us and for us. I wanna close by, by showing you an image. Uh, this is called uh, Mary and Eve. This is a, a reinterpretation by Scott Erickson. Uh, the original drawing is by Sister Grace Remington, you can Google it, it's beautiful as well. But this is such a beautiful articulation of the gospel to me. Two mothers who lost sons, one carrying the weight of sin, the other carrying the hope of the world. The serpent wrapped around Eve's ankle, Mary stepping on it for telling how Jesus would crush sin and death. Mary holding Eve's hand to her belly as if to reassure her, like, it's gonna be okay. You can see the hope uh, growing in her womb. The curse is being lifted. Messiah is coming. There's a copy of this, this painting that I got last year when Scott Erickson came and spoke to our church. And uh, it hangs in our living room. And, and when I pass it uh, every day, I, I pause and look at it really often. And I say yes again. Because yes is a choice, it's, it's a habit, it's a practice. The question for us tonight is, will we, like Mary, say yes to Jesus? Let's pray. God, we uh, thank you for this gift. God, will we know it deep within our hearts, from the youngest of us to the oldest of us, will we say yes to you, simply following you where you lead us, God. We love you in your name, amen.